Everything you go through, that you live through, is such a tremendous educational process. It's a great opportunity to examine what, you, where you've been, what you've done, how you've approached things, um, and, and, and it's an opportunity to adjust. That's Steve Gordon, and I'm Brian Falchuk. The Do-A-Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day podcast. I have Steve Gordon on the show today. Steve is the founder of The Unstoppable CEO. He's a best-selling author of Unstoppable Referrals, 10X Referrals, Half the Effort, and has recently released his latest book, The Exponential Network Strategy. Not quite that recently. This is more going back to when uh, when we recorded the episode, which is a few months ago. But the book's out there nonetheless, The Exponential Network Strategy. Steve's work is all around connecting people and getting the most out of those connections to grow your business and what you're trying to do. He's also the editor of three different business newsletters, and he's published hundreds of articles on marketing and selling high-ticket products and services in high trust transactions. So the, the core is really around that trust piece. Steve's got a backstory to all this. You know, he didn't just start doing these things out of the blue. He's got, you know, he's got that journey and that's why he's on the show. But it started when he was 28. He was the CEO of an engineering consulting firm, which is pretty wild for that age. Um, 12 years later, after growing the firm's revenues by like 10x, he started his second business because that first one didn't work out. Um, it ended up folding and, and he talks about that and that experience and that loss and that sense of, you know, failure and having to rebuild and the questioning and all that. So he started his second business, uh, consulting with businesses one-on-one across 30 different industries to help them with their sales and marketing and referral systems in those high trust products and services. So it's, it's a pretty cool story of growth out of failure or growth out of disappointment. I don't know how you want to put it, but either way, it's a great story. And Steve's a great guy, great host. uh, And I'm, I should say of his podcast, because he also has a podcast, Unstoppable CEO, which yes, I was a guest of. Um, It's worth checking it out. He's a great guy. And I'm really excited to have him on the show today. So let's jump right in. Hey, Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for agreeing to, to be on and share your story with people. Hey, Brian, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you know, I was uh, lucky enough to be a guest on your show, which is how we we got to meet. And I just remember walking away and feeling like you know you're you're doing a lot to inspire people and to help people through you know outwardly a very uh, the the business life and and trying to start things up and lead. And that's a pretty um, it's, it's a, a pretty obvious place that people need help for and seek help, but there's more to you than that. And it's not just that you're some business coach or, or expert who's preaching, you've practiced it. So you've lived through this and I would love to hear your story. And, you know, from the startup side, the struggle side, all of it, you know, what, what brought you to doing unstoppable CEO and helping people get to that place of being true leaders and, and a success in whatever their business endeavors are or more broadly in life. Yeah, I'm happy to share that. Um, really, for me, the the inspiration for our current business, and, and uh, we, we help uh, owners of professional service firms uh, and help them get to a point where 
business development is no longer a big worry for them. It's, you know, the kind of the old uh, way of being and actually not old. It's still a lot of, a lot of professionals living it, it you know, is that feast or famine. They, they live on the roller coaster and, and you go out and you market like crazy and you get a bunch of clients and then you've got to fulfill the clients because it's one of the few types of businesses where you are both owner and production line and marketing department and sales department all rolled into typically one or a very few number of people, at least until you get the, the practice built up. And, um, and I grew up in a business like that. Uh, my dad's a CPA. Um, he is, uh, in his seventies now and just recently retired, um, you know, and has loved what he's doing all this time. But, um, growing up, I remember living through that, that whole cycle. And, um, and then I went out, I went to college, I got a, a technical degree and went to work for a, an engineering consulting firm. And, um, and in that business, uh, occasionally we would experience some of that. Not, not often, thankfully we were fortunate, but I was sort of living some of that process again. And, um, and I, I got asked to be the CEO of that company when I was 28, I was four years out of college wow. and the founder was you know, planning his exit, which happened, uh, thankfully it happened, you know, about 10 years after that, um, I guess about eight years after that, but, um, you know, it, it was a baptism by fire, you know, the founder had started the business and to his credit, built it up to, um, a, a decent business, uh, you know, just on his own by his wits, which is how most professionals do it. And, uh, um, and then I got thrown into the fire and here we are, we've got this company and, and no real, uh, idea of how to market. Not, not that we didn't have a plan. We didn't even know how to do it. Like we knew, okay, if we show up at some meetings and we're visible and that seems to be the thing that gets clients and we get referrals sometimes, but, but not consistently. Yeah. So I really went on a mission to, to figure that out. And, uh, and, and I've, I've now spent the last, um, almost 20 years since then trying to figure that out and master it. Um, and, and I think we've gotten, you know, I think we've gotten reasonably good at it to the point that we're able to now help other, other business owners that are in, in a service business get to that point where they don't have to lay awake at night. You know, there's nothing worse than laying awake, sweating bullets, staring at the ceiling, laying next to your spouse, just wondering, okay, I'm, I'm out of, work like at the end of the month or in 45 days all my engagements end and i don't have another new client to pipeline yeah and we're trying to solve that that's a, a pressure that people who have not run their own business i i kind of liken it to um having kids when you hear about the sleep deprivation from everyone before having your first kid you're like oh yeah you know that's that's going to be really rough i get it and then when you're actually living it it's like you realize you, you just you could not even come close to understanding it. So that idea that things might be good right now, but you know, as soon as a month's over or these contracts are over, it starts all over again, and it's all on you ultimately. You know, it's not just a paycheck that you get to collect every week or two weeks or whatever as an employee for someone else. When you're when you're running the show or when it's your show, especially when you're the only person, that pressure is is something that. Um, a lot of people I don't think fully understand unless you've been in those shoes. Yeah. I mean, look, for most normal people, they would look at what we put up with those of us who are crazy enough to start businesses and think, I'm not doing it. There's no way. Like we're, we're insane. And, you know, I had a guest on my podcast, um, 
uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he said, you know, every business owner knows that feeling. It's the gun to the head feeling. And, and sometimes that's what, that's what the pressure feels like. It's like, if you don't act now and get the result that you need, some really bad stuff's going to happen. And, uh, and that's a lot of pressure, I, I think, for people to deal with. Yeah. See, do you find some people actually thrive on it? Like there's definitely a feeling of, of exhilaration sometimes that comes with it. And, and you, you have this line that, um, it's, uh, there's two kinds of CEOs, the ones who are the jailer and the inmate or the ones who escape. And I feel like some people, they, they don't, they almost like, they don't know how to function if they're not the jailer and the inmate. And maybe they thrive on it a little bit in, in a really, uh, sadistic kind of way, almost like a drug addiction. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm sure Houdini was happiest locked up in a barrel before he went over Niagara Falls yeah, trying probably. to figure out how to get out, you know? Probably. Yeah. Can you t- talk about that a little bit? Like that, those, those two kinds of, cause I love that, that idea. And I think when you paint it, people are like, Oh my God, you know, I, I didn't realize that's exactly what I've done to myself. And, and then when you realize you kind of get off on it, is that better or worse? I don't know if it's a good thing. Well, so I, I've lived both sides of it. Um, you know, for a while I was the jailer and the inmate and, and was locked, had, had locked myself in the asylum. Um, and, you know, sometimes when, when you're a fish, you don't know that you're in water. You, you can't tell how bad it really is. Um, and, you know, and then maybe you start to chip away at it a little bit. You start to get a little awareness and, um, and create an environment where the business starts to work for you rather than you working for the business. I mean, um, you know, I, I always like to, to ask our clients, you know, where do you want to go? Are you, you know, are you really enjoying being an employee of the business or do you want to sit back and be the investor? You know, and, and those are two very different roles. Mm. Yeah. You could, you can probably exist in both of them, but chances are there's one or the other that you'd rather be in. There's no right answer. There's not a a right answer at all. It's what, what do you want, but be clear about what you want and then build the business to fulfill that. Yeah. That's good advice. And much easier said than done, but so valuable nonetheless. So what, you know, you, you, you paint a picture of success for yourself. You get to this leadership role really early on in your career and things are going well. I'm guessing it hasn't all been roses. So give us some more of your story. Like what, what was that? What was your, your education, you know, by fire that led you? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I've, I, I have spent a lot of money in tuition at the school of hard knocks. Um, probably, probably more than, than I, I really want to count at this stage. Um, yeah, that first business was a great business. Um, and we had great people. Um, and, and it was really fairly unlucky. Um, it was in that business. We, we worked in, uh, in real estate and we kind of worked two sides of real estate. We worked with large land developers down in Southeast Florida on the one hand. And, um, and, and, and that was fun. But then on the other hand, we, we worked with folks who were, uh, actively buying conservation land, primarily state agencies and organizations like the nature conservancy, um, which is a really kind of, you know, juxtaposition of, of yeah. uh, clients to work with, but, uh, but we balanced it. And, uh, unfortunately though, because it was all based on real estate, when we hit 06, 07, 08, um, and then 09, uh, as the economy started to unravel, it wasn't good for that business. And, uh, and 
you know, so the first thing to go was the the private land development side. All of those projects in about 07 to, to early 08 began to shut down. And we had a large percentage of our clients just go out of business, um, which is a difficult thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember working with our, our CFO at the time saying, okay, we got to trim the sales here. And we were trimming and trimming and trimming and got down to the point where we, you know, we could operate on about 30% of the, you know, the prior year, year's revenue. Um, and we thought, okay, well, we've got this life vest over here. We've got this state contracts and all this work. But the thing that we didn't count on was uh, Lehman Brothers and the bond market. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget. We were actually moving into a new office, literally like boxes moving in. And uh, and I was driving from our old office to our new office. And I was listening to the NPR station uh, here where I live. And they were announcing like the collapse of Lehman Brothers and the bond market was going crazy. And I and I thought, oh, that probably can't be good. But I couldn't I didn't quite figure out where it all fit in. Well, it wasn't more than a couple of months later that that it was pretty apparent where it all fit in. All of our state contracts were funded by, um, you know, at the time, the state of Florida floating bonds to fund the acquisition of this land. Yeah. Not that not that they had bad credit at that point, but there was no functioning bond market. And so everything just stopped. And, uh, you know, and, and so we had to, you know, my partners and I had to look at each other and, and decide, are we going forward or not? And, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, there was just no forward path for that business. And that, that was probably the most difficult thing, um, knock on wood that I have ever experienced and will ever experience, um, you know, having to tell people that, that depend on you for their livelihood, that there is, there's no more paycheck coming in a couple of weeks, um, you know, is, is, uh, it's not a fun conversation to have one that I don't want to ever have to have with anybody, uh, going forward. Um, you know, and, and through that learned a, I mean, the, the, the upside for that, see, I can look back now, we're 10 years away. Um, I can look back now and say, well, I learned a ton, uh, learned a ton about business. I learned a ton about human beings, uh, both good and bad. Um, and, uh, and learned a lot about myself and, and came out of it the other side, honestly, more confident. It took a little while, but a lot more confident. Because when you survive something like that in business, and, and I think in any part of life, and you come out the other side and you realize, you look around, you sort of pick yourself up and stand up and you go, hey, I'm still here. Yeah. Like as bad as that was, I'm still here. And now I know how to go forward. And you, you sound... You sound like you've learned from it. You sound balanced and calm. Was that the case at the time? Like, did you, were you keeping this <laughs> kind of, not chill, but calm, collected, you know, like you, you can still be a rock for people. What, what, were, you, no. what were you going through then? Uh, I don't know what I projected on the outside, but I can tell you on the inside, um, I, I, I really, I took a lot of that on myself. Um, and it took me a couple of years to really kind of understand that there were forces working beyond my control. Yeah, we had some influence over it, but the decisions that we made in the markets we went in, those decisions, you know, the adjustments had to have been made five to 10 years before any of this even began. So yeah, yeah, we could have maybe influenced the outcome some, but, but not at that moment. It was too late. And, uh, it took me a while to, to get to the point where I wasn't just kind of, putting it all on my shoulders and take, taking it all and, 
um, you know, and getting to the point where I could move through, it was, it was crushing, um, at the time. Were you blaming uh, yourself? Completely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was the leader. Yeah. Right. Who else is there to blame? It's, it's the captain's fault. So you're not just talking about taking on the burden of trying to do the work to get through it. You're talking about taking on the burden of the failure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the harder part. So when you talk about those tough conversations with people, it's not just about like, it's not enjoyable. I don't think anyone presumes for a second that those are easy conversations to have, but you're actually, you're, you're feeling personally responsible for the fact that this conversation is even having, even happening, which just makes it that much tougher. Yeah. We had, we had an employee who had had a baby six months before that. Oh man. You know, and for everybody that, that, you know, I, I looked at those people as, as people that I was responsible for, you know, um, and, uh, uh, and I feel that way about our, you know, our employees now and, uh, and our team members now. So, um, you know, it's just a, a difficult situation and we're certainly, we weren't the only ones that went through it and, and we had it relatively easy to be perfectly honest. There are a lot of people that have a lot worse, sure. uh, but, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't want to have to do it again. Oh, so what, what else is going on in your life? Cause it's one thing I've learned is. I, I get asked, like, what do people come to you for coaching on? And, and I'll say, whatever they come to me for is sort of irrelevant. That's like a gateway drug. We're going to talk about everything because we don't compartmentalize our lives. We don't leave work at the, you know, at, at the office, especially if you're the one running the show or it's your own company. So what's, what's the bigger picture here? Well, at the same time, uh, you know, it, I think it's, it's difficult for anybody that runs a business sometimes to, to keep a balance. Um, and so as things got more stressful at work, trying to navigate that situation, um, I'm sure that, uh, you know, that, that translated into things that were happening at home. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and through that process, my wife at the time decided that, that, you know, she, she didn't, she didn't want to play that game anymore. And, and so, um, you know, she decided that, that, uh, she wanted to try on her own. Um, and so we, we divorced right about the time all of this was going on. And, uh, you know, again, I, I wouldn't wish that process on my worst enemy. Um, yeah. now I can look back now, 10 years later and say, wonderful thing, um, for, for all involved. Uh, but, but at the time, gut wrenching. Sure. Yeah. I mean, even the worst relationship ending still difficult. And when you're married, it's even more difficult. And you, yeah, I mean, you, you want to fight, you want to fight through it. You want to, or stop fighting or what it's, it, it's very rarely just nice, peaceful, quiet, easy, painless, logistically simple process. It's a lot to go through on top of your business crumbling in front of you at the same time. Yeah, you know, I heard, I've heard, uh, Dan Sullivan talk about, uh, the fact that he was bankrupt and divorced on the same day. He went to bankruptcy court in the morning, walked across the street, went to divorce court. And of course, he's talking about it, you know, many decades after, yeah. after the fact. Um, and he said, you know, in, in hindsight, it was really, really great market research. And I, I learned, um, about where I was falling short in, in two very important markets. Um, and so I'm sure there's some truth to that. Um, and all of it, I think in, everything you go through, 
that you live through is such a tremendous educational process. It's a great opportunity to examine what, where you've been, what you've done, how you've approached things, um, and, and, and it's an opportunity to adjust. Yeah, and opportunity is the key word because ultimately it's a choice. You, you can do all those things or you can crumble and break or just sort of fall down and stay down. And so why do you think you just, you know, we, we haven't talked about what you built since then, but you built. And so what do you think it was that, that got you through? Like what, what got you to make that decision to grow and learn and rebuild? So, you know, two things. Um, I've had two experiences in, in my life where I quit and I didn't like either of them. One of them, I was playing high school football and was the smallest kid on the team and was getting beat up, beat up pretty bad by the bigger kids. Um, and I just threw in the towel and, uh, and it was the most embarrassing experience. One of the most embarrassing experiences I've ever been through. Um, and, uh, and I learned from it. And the other is, uh, going through college, I got really, really sick. Um, uh, I have a, a thyroid condition with, which uh, kind of showed up in college. And I lost, I don't know, in somewhere in the neighborhood of about 40 pounds in, you know, less than six months. Wow. And just was, you know, not in good shape. Didn't really realize how ill I was. And I'll never forget, I went home and as this stuff was all getting diagnosed, my parents were urging me, just like begging me to take a semester off and come home. And I was in my junior year, going into my senior year, kind of midway through the junior year. And I thought, if I do that and I come back and I'm, I'm going to be out a year, none of my friends are going to be here. It's going to, I'm going to have to it's be like starting all over again. And I just looked at him and I said, I'm not quitting. You know, uh, I'll go to the doctor over there, you know, and, uh, and I'm just going to keep going. And, um, and so I think ever since that experience, it's just been like, okay, that happened. You know, as difficult as it is, what do we need to be doing next to to keep moving forward? Because if you're not moving forward, you're dead. Yeah. So you didn't like it those two times. And was that that experience in college, that was the last time and you were conscious of it? Or is this a hindsight understanding kind of thing? No, at that point, I wasn't conscious of it early with the football. I mean, I, I was embarrassed, certainly. Um, I didn't really put two and two together and, and, and the good news is I did go back and I played the next year, but, um, in college, it was a very conscious thing. It was, I am not going to give up yeah. here. I'm going to keep going. And, um, and I've reflected on that ever since. I mean, that has always been sort of a core thing for me to just keep focused on. So was it a conscious thing this time or was it just sort of, this is who you are. You don't question it. You rebuild, you pick yourself up and you move forward. Well, I think it's, yeah, it's a conscious thing. I mean, it's always, you always get the opportunity. That's the fun thing about life. Every day you wake up, you get the opportunity to make a decision and the decision never gets any easier just because I had that experience before. Yes. I had the benefit of that learning, but it doesn't make the decision at that moment any easier. So to press forward, I'll tell you, I mean, I, you know, when, when we wrapped that business up and I went out and I started to offer my services in marketing for people. So I have a technical degree. I don't know, you know, on the surface, I don't have any marketing qualifications, 
except that I, you know, I, I had grown the, the prior firm fairly successfully until, uh, until the events that, that happened beyond our control. And I had to then go out and sort of stand up having just experienced the, you know, this crater experience with the business and stand up and, and say to people, Hey, I, you know, I, I'm here to help you grow your business. Um, and while I knew I had all of the knowledge and skill to be able to do that, um, I had a big shadow kind of looming over me because of the recent events. Um, and so, yeah, it was difficult, you know, and, and every day you got to make that decision and say, okay, I, you know, I got to go to the chamber of commerce meeting and start to meet some people and, you know, and get out there. And these are all people that knew me before too. So, yeah. um, you know, you've got to overcome all of those demons. Uh, and I think that's a, that's an ongoing everyday battle. And not only that, but when you're down and that's what you have to do, that's something that comes with a lot of rejection or at least non, I don't know, the opposite that isn't quite success. Like, you know, people will talk, but it doesn't go anywhere. And so when you're, you're already feeling that like, this is where the choice to be more optimistic really makes a difference. Cause if you get pessimistic, it will start to snowball and the negativity gets out of control and you shut down again. Oh, very much so. I think that that's, you know, if you want to look at this as little micro battles that you're fighting, you know, so if somebody's listening and they're facing some of this stuff, I mean, it's really easy, even if you're not facing anything really dramatically bad. Um, it's very, very easy to talk yourself into how bad things are. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and I, I can still do it and things are great. Things I, I've, I've never been happier in my life. And everything is, is going as well as I could imagine it. But you can still, after the events of a day, go, God, that didn't work right. I should have done this differently. Or I didn't get that accomplished that was on my list for today. Or I wanted to land that big client and it didn't work. You know, and it's really easy to talk yourself into a lot of negative stuff. It's, it's interesting in our work with clients. I mean, and I've said this really it's been an experience from the beginning of our business. You know, we're there to help them get clients and work on marketing. And I joke, it's like, I need to put a couch in my office because half the time it's just working through some of those doubts and that negative thought around, you know, where the client is so that then they can go and be free to, to take the actions they need to take to grow the business. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's a habit we get into. Um, and I've spent a great deal of time trying to work on being conscious of what that little voice in my head is saying. And, you know, I, I think it probably wasn't except for this, you know, going through all of this experience and experiencing a lot of negative chatter in there before I got to the point where I realized, Hey, wait a second, that's my voice. I got total control over that voice. Yeah. So if I pay attention to it, I can change it. So what did you build? coming out of that moment and and how long did it take you to get to the place that you're at now to to well, repair you know rebuild and get to this new level well thankfully uh getting back to a, a place of of joy and happiness um didn't take long um i you know i made a really conscious decision to um you know focus on creating the relationships in my life that, that I wanted to have. And so, um, it just got very, very lucky, um, and, and met the absolute love of my life very quickly after 
the divorce and we married about a year later. Um, we have, you know, she had two sons. I have two daughters. It's like the Brady Bunch almost. Um, and they all get along wonderfully and just could not be happier. And having that support system in place as I was trying to build a new business uh, was absolutely invaluable because I could come home every day and life was really good. Yeah. Even if everything in the business didn't work perfectly. Um, and the business started to take off too. Um, and, and, you know, never happens overnight. Everybody wants to tell you, you can go make a million dollars in the next six months. And some people can, uh, but I will tell you that for the vast majority of businesses, um, it, it doesn't happen like that. And so, um, it's always ever evolving. There's always something next. I mean, I, you know, the question that you've asked is, is, is interesting because I, I feel like there's still places that we want to go and things that we want to accomplish in the business and people that we want to serve. But, um, you know, we got back up to a point of economic viability where I, you know, could put food on the table the way I wanted to and live the lifestyle that I wanted to fairly quickly, um, you know, within a couple of years. And that I will tell you, and anybody that's been through that will, will also tell you, the confidence that you get from knowing that you can rebuild it all in a very short time. And I think next time, if I ever have to go through it again, I could do it in even less time because now I've learned those lessons. Um, brings It just brings tremendous confidence. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it, it gives you that, it takes away that fear, either when you're taking a risk or when things aren't going well, that this is the end. You know, it's like, look, I'm perfectly capable. If this doesn't work out, I will get something else going. And that's not just sort of like, you know, not being in touch with reality and ignoring the the real situation in front of you. It's actually just you have enough belief and confidence in yourself, your capabilities and all the resources that you could tap if you chose to, to be able to build what you need to build. Exactly, exactly. So what... And I don't want you to give away everything that you do today, but um, I'm guessing that all of these experiences really culminated in this powerful education, leadership, guidance that you give through Unstoppable CEO. How have you translated those lessons into this outward-facing tool to help people? Well, we, uh, you know, we we kind of start everything from the perspective of for a business and for a business owner, if we can create enough new opportunities, we call it opportunity flow. If we can create enough opportunity flow for them, then they have lots and lots of good choices that they can make. And what we find is that most businesses don't have anywhere near enough opportunity. I mean, I'm, I, I'll get on a call with, you know, a potential client, somebody that that's interested in working with us and, ask them. So, you know, on average, how many potential clients do you see over the course of, of a week or a month? And they'll say, well, it's not even every month. Sometimes I, you know, one guy that said, I only see like, you know, two or three a quarter. And, uh, you know, and so he's constantly living in the state of, I have to close the client that is in front of me because I might not see another one for another three months. Wow. And that's a really difficult place to be. Um, and it's a lot of pressure. You know, so yeah, it's a ton of pressure. Um, and it, you know, when you don't have a lot of options, you don't have a lot of opportunities. There's not, you know, there's not a waiting line, you know, outside your business, then you make bad decisions. And 
you make bad decisions about the investments that you can make into the business and into yourself. And so you end up being an employee of the business far too long and doing too many things, things you shouldn't do. You end up taking clients that you should never, ever take because they're not a fit for whatever reason. Um, and, uh, you know, and it gives you this such, such a short term focus. It's just really hard to get things going and get any momentum. Um, and so we work on that first. Um, and, and the, our whole goal is to get our clients to a point where they are saying to themselves, wow, I have more leads than I could possibly see. We want them to get to the point where they're literally building a waiting list of people to get in. And when they get there, it's magic, man. It is magic. Their whole mindset shifts. So we really focus on that. And there's three kind of core pieces that we work on. And I'm happy to go through them all. But but we focus on that one first. Because once we solve that, everything else becomes infinitely easy. Steve, is it is it about teaching them prioritization? Or is it about focusing on the root cause of the bad decision making? The, the insecurity, the fear, the anxiety like which is is it so is it a tool to to cope with the fact that there's that underlying problem or do you spend the time on the problem itself we spend the time on the problem itself uh hence i mean hence your point about the couch (laughs) yeah well but i mean we want to go right at the most of the time the the reason they have that problem is that they just don't know how to do business development they don't know how to do marketing they don't really understand how to sell uh, maybe they read a book somewhere and they tried some of that. And then they, you know, the the Chamber of Commerce put on a seminar by some, you know, sales trainer or somebody who's doing social media marketing, you know, whatever the technique of the month is. And they keep dabbling in all these different things in the spare time that they have, you know, because they've already got a full plate. And our job usually is just to come in and say, that's all great, but we're not going to do any of that for right now. We're going to focus and get really clear on who you want to work with, who your most profitable client is that you like working with that gets good results from you. We call that your ideal client. We're going to get laser focused on them. Not to mean that if somebody else walks up wanting to give you money that you have to turn them away. By all means, take their money, give them value. But in terms of where we're going to put energy and effort and and make an investment to get new clients, we're going to get laser focused. And it's it's so funny to watch people. Every client resists that because then they think, oh, my goodness, I've got to give up. Like, you know, I can't just take anybody. I had one client tell me one time he had two criteria for a prospect, a heartbeat and a wallet. You know, and I'm thinking, well, that's everybody. But how do you figure out as you're walking through, you know, the, the grocery store on Saturday, they all meet that criteria. So how do you know which ones are your prospects? So we get them focused. And, uh, and, and it, the funny thing is, once we get them focused like that, everything starts to speed up. They start seeing results. They start seeing all these opportunities that were all around them. But because they were, they were not focused at all, now that it, it's apparent to them, oh, I can go here and get in front of those people. And I can go here and I can be there. Uh, and it all starts to speed up and they get momentum. And then that, then it gets really fun. So it is, it is actually giving them the tools to do the prioritization to make those decisions so that they don't find themselves in a place of, of feeling anxious about it. Yeah. And, and of course we deal with the underlying problem all along the way yeah. because it's always there. If you don't deal with it, they can't execute on, you know, you can have the best strategy in the world, but, but there's no execution that's going to happen. Yeah. There is, there's so much information out there and, 
you know, if if you Google any of the subjects that you're hitting at about, you know, getting leads or business development or networking or whatever, the the number of hits that you get and all of them claim to be the world expert. And if you just, you know, buy their seminar and, and you can spend your entire life chasing all those and feeling like, well, if I don't do it or if I don't listen to this one, then, you know, I'm never going to get there. And and actually all you're doing is is chasing things without really figuring out what's going to add value, what's going to make a difference. And you're probably, you're not sticking with any of it because you're jumping from one thing to the next. So you're, you're helping people get the clarity and just sort of, you know, okay, park all that for a minute. We're going to do a few specific key things and bring some focus to this and not worry about all the shiny stuff that's glittering around here that may have zero value actually. Yeah. And, and that's the hardest part. I mean, I was on a coaching call we have a group call every week with our top clients. And uh, every week there's some new shiny thing that somebody wants to try and we have to say, no, wait, yeah, that's great. We'll put that in the parking lot. We'll come back to it. But there's, you know, these other things that, that we've already committed, you know, together that you're going to achieve. And, and uh, you know, and, and it's because the people who are selling that stuff are really good at marketing. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget. I was at a, uh, a Dan Kennedy seminar and uh, Dan said, you know, one of the principles that you have to, to have in, in, in business and in life, he said, is be the wizard and beware of the wizard. And what that means is, okay, you want to be kind of the wizard for your clients and, and in your world, you want to be the one that, that really has the go-to knowledge, but beware of the person that's trying to sell you that stuff yeah. on the other end and make sure you vet them, make sure it's real, you know? Um, and and uh, too, too many of those, op- the, those options out there aren't. So where, where we've, folks started really, really simply is who do they, who do they want to do business with? We talked about ideal client a minute ago. We won't go anywhere until we get that clear. And then we got to get clear. What are we going to say to them when we show up in their lives, whether that's through a referral or in person or in a presentation or, uh, you know, in, in direct mail or an ad or whatever, what are we going to say that's going to make them want to pay attention to us? Um, because most businesses don't have any idea what to say when they show up. Then once we understand that, then we just need a really simple strategy to get in front of the right people. And for for most of the people we work with, the fastest path to get a new client is through referral. And we've got a a particularly unique way of of making that happen for our clients. Um, And and we tell them start there because and, and, and we take them through a framework. So if they start there. They can get success early. They can test that message. They can test that definition of that ideal client before they go and start spending lots of money on things like advertising or direct mail or these other things, which are all great and they all work, but they're expensive to test in. And so, um, so we give them a little laboratory to test in to begin to get some results. Some of them don't need to go beyond that. And then those that do, we, we take them beyond. Okay. So you've gotten people focused. You've walked them through how to use the tools and and given them some ways to do it in a safe environment or or a not uh, maybe less risky of of wasting your marketing dollars, which actually that's just more of the original point, isn't it? If you just start like spend on these eighty different ways that you can try this out, and you just end up in the right back where you started, right? And then how does it all come together in the end? How do you, do, do you end up in a place where they don't need you anymore? Or is this the kind of thing that actually everyone needs that ongoing, whether it's just a check-in or some kind of support? 
Well, we used to graduate clients. Um, we used to consult with them, give them a strategy, and then coach them through the implementation of it and, and with the idea that they would graduate. And then what we found out was that, you know, you know, in college, I don't know how it was for you. For me, I took five years to get, you know, four done. Um, and a lot of our clients take that, that same approach. And so what we found was the implementation part was really, it was a real challenge for our clients. So we have, we've recently uh, launched a service that will do all of their marketing implementation for them. So we give them the strategies, we tell them how to execute it all, and we will, you know, we'll be kind of the, the, the support system to get it done for them because we've got all the processes. We've got, we've got the team to do it. Um, and, uh, and, and really that has been a lot of fun. So those clients don't ever go away because we're delivering leads for them and we're, we're helping position them as an authority in their market. So what about, you know, this is all, it's good on the business side. What about you personally? So, you know, you're, you're with the love of your life. You've got this great family situation. Your job is going really well. What about you? How are you developing you and where are you personally heading? So for me, um, you know, really I, I'm, I'm at a, a point where I'm beginning to turn more and more to, towards the, the spiritual side of things. Um, that journey really began, you know, probably back in earnest in, in, you know, 2008, 2009, when, when I, I needed to turn to, to a, a greater power and, um, and, and tap into, uh, some things, you know, beyond what I could do. Um, but I spend, you know, a, a lot of time right now, um, studying, reading the Bible, um, and, uh, you know, going and, 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 and surrounding myself with, with, uh, people of faith in our church and, and, uh, really trying to pay attention to what I'm supposed to be doing here, you know? Um, and, and I don't think it's always readily apparent, you know? Um, and, and, and everybody that listens to this may have a different, you know, belief set. That's, that's fine. Uh, but for me, that, that's what it is. So I start my day, um, with, uh, a little daily devotional that I read and, and, and usually some, you know, readings throughout the Bible and, um, just gets me really centered and focused. And then I follow that by, uh, reading this great little book that Ryan Holiday put out called the daily stoic, uh, which is kind of a daily reading around, you know, from the, the stoic philosophers. Um, and, uh, just a great way to center yourself and, and get focused for, for the day. And, and by doing that every day, the growth that comes for me is, has been tremendous. So I think what's really interesting with that is going right back to the points you're making about the two types of CEOs and, and the message all along around the prioritization and the balance is you've done that in your own life. And I think it's really easy to listen to all the things that you're doing on the business side and the coaching side and, you know, things like saying yes, when people like me say, Hey, can I interview you? Um, and you have your own podcast. So you've got all these things taking your time and yet you've mentioned a few ways on a daily basis that you do things that other people might get frustrated and say, I don't have time for that. Yet you've, you've made time for it and somehow your business hasn't collapsed and you, you know, still have time for your family. And you, you know, we, we put up so much of an effort to fight the pausing and the reinvestment in ourselves because of the whirlwind that's swirling around us. And actually I think you're showing it's a really crucial thing to make things sustainable overall. 
It is. And, and it wasn't always something that I did. Um, and, and still isn't always easy. I mean, there'll be mornings. I, I do that reading once, you know, the kids get off and my wife gets off to work. Um, you know, cause I'm, I'm the guy that makes, you know, the lunch in the morning and I'm, I'm cooking the kids omelets and, and they're gone. And, and so I've got my cup of coffee and the dog and I go sit in a really comfortable chair. And there are days when I have so much on the to-do list that, you know, the thought comes in, like, do I really have time to sit down and do this? And, uh, thankfully more days than not, my answer is yes, this is essential. We're going to do it. It's, you know, 20 minutes and you're in, you're out, you know, and, and you're off on the right foot. Um, you know, do I make that right decision every day? No, I'm not perfect. Um, but I'm, I'm really glad to be able to say that I make it more, more days now than not, uh, which, which was not always the case. Well, I think that's, that's a really, um, a good place to start to wrap things up is, leaving with that idea of that self, not just self-investment, but also the notion that just because you might not do it one particular day, it doesn't mean it's all over. You can still, you know, to not to get back to, uh, to the title of the show with do a day, but that's kind of the point is you can always make a better choice the next day. You don't have to beat yourself up or feel like, well, it's all ruined now. So I might as well give up. Well, and you know, if, if we've got a couple of, uh, additional seconds, there's one other thought that I'd love to share with folks. Um, and this came out of a conversation I had with a, a good buddy of mine. We were probably my best friend in the world. And, and uh, he and I kind of both went through difficult, challenging business times around the same time um, and, uh, and both have rebounded um, really well. And we're walking. Uh, it was right before one of our quarterly workshops. We do workshops where our, all of our clients fly into, you know, down to Orlando, Florida. And we're walking around, um, Winter Park, this really nice area down there, lots of upscale restaurants. And, and there's a particular watch shop. This guy's a watch freak. He, and he, at the time, he wanted to buy a solid gold Rolex Submariner. And for anybody that is into watches and listening, they know that's about a $20,000 watch. And, all, all on the trip down there where we live about four hours from there. And, uh, so we rode together the trip down. He's debating back and forth with me. Should I buy the thing? Should I not buy the thing? All, all at dinner, he's debating this whole thing. And then we're walking down the, back to the hotel. Still like, should I get it? Should I not? And I finally just stopped and said, do you want it? And he said, yeah, I want it. I said, well, then that, that's the only justification that you need. And, uh, you know, I, what I told him was want what you want. And and the only reason there's no justification for this, you know, you don't have to come up with a million reasons why you want something. So if you want to get up and spend that time in the morning, 20 minutes and invest it, if that's what you want to do, then do it. And you don't have to justify it. And you don't have to say it's for my personal development. And you don't have to say I'm doing it because Brian and, and Steve said it was a good idea. If you want to do it, do it. It's want what you want. And the only reason, the only justification for doing it is because you want it. And I think it sounds a little bit flippant to say that when I first heard that. I actually heard that from from uh, a guy named Dan Sullivan. And um, when I first heard it, I thought, that's kind of flippant. And then when you start to really think about how deep that can go, 
it removes the need to justify so many of the things that we all say that we want, whether it's spending a little time here or spending some money or doing something or starting a business. Just want what you want. Yeah. And who are you really justifying it for? You know, he, he keeps asking you about it. And it's like, it's, it's not you getting the watch. You're no. not the one he has to convince around it. Um, you know, we, we do things and we give all this justification and explanation. It's like, it's just like coaching work, actually. When I ask someone a tough question or they give me an answer and I, I probe deeper, it's not for me. Their answer, like, they don't owe me the answer. I'm trying to tease the answer out for themselves. It's what they know inside, but they're not admitting to themselves about it. Mm-hmm. It's yep, just absolutely be comfortable with what's actually going on within you. Now, you made me uncomfortable because I broke myself of my watch problem. So I'm having trouble agreeing with you in this particular example. But I think the, the, <laughs> the message is really valuable. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it is, it's very much, uh, it, it's hard for people to just admit and be comfortable with something, you know, whether it's about lacking self love or whatever other thing that they're putting in the way. A lot of people just have trouble just being okay with the fact that they would enjoy something or they care to do something or they want something or whatever. And they're, they're embarrassed or ashamed for probably for some internal dialogue that they're running in their mind that, you know, you, you may not care one way or the other. You're not passing judgment. There's something in his head that's telling him why he should be second guessing it or not. It's like, just yeah. be comfortable, allow it. Well, and I, th- I think we all, we all do that. Um, yeah. you know, and, uh, and I think that's, that, that's really the point is if there's something that, that you want to do, don't, don't worry about justifying it. So long as it's le- legal, moral, and ethical, there's no justification necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, where can people find more about you and the unstoppable CEO and everything that you're doing? How can people connect with you? Well, the best place to find us is at unstoppableceo.net. Um, and the .net is obviously important. Um, unstoppableceo.net. We've got tons of resources for folks who are trying to build a, a business. Um, our, our focus is with service-based businesses, uh, but certainly uh, welcome anybody coming by there. Um, lots of articles on how to get clients and marketing and and how to kind of free yourself um, so that you've got some leverage in your business. Um, and, uh, we've got books and articles and podcasts, all sorts of things. Yeah. The podcast is great. And I always feel like a, a scam artist for saying that on a show I've been on, but I, I also say the same thing that I wouldn't be on a show unless I happened to think it was valuable in the first place. And so I recommend it not because I was on it, but for the same reason that I wanted to be on it was because I think it's a good show. So there's, you, you're not just trying to sell people on everything. You actually put out a ton of really valuable, useful content that if people are willing to put the effort in, they can start to put into action now. And then, of course, you offer ways to go even further with it, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. You know, our philosophy is, look, we we can't do business with everybody. There's 7 billion people on the planet and we just can't take them all right now. Uh, may, maybe next week, but we can't take them all right now. It's a lot of leads. And, it's a lot of leads. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're doing pretty well and we want to help as many people as we possibly can, uh, you know, who, who may, may not be at a stage where they're ready to work with us. And when they are, then, then we're here. That's great. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today and, uh, and sharing a bit about your backstory and what you're trying to achieve right now. And, and I think some useful nuggets for all the folks who are not just business owners or, or running their own show, but, um, 
you know, even some things in life, like that prioritization point, want what you want. These are things that it doesn't matter if you're running a business or not. We all face those struggles every day. And uh, I think this is really useful information for everyone. So thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Cool. And it's always important to remind people that today is a new day. To go out and do it. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Steve Gordon. How, how great is he? Um, really cool story. And, you know, a lot of people could crumble in that first instance. And instead, he went through the difficulty, but he sort of Phoenix style rose up again and created something that's been really successful and really impactful. And I was just excited to get to know Steve and, and have him on the show and have him share a little bit of that journey. So if you haven't checked it out, go to unstoppableceo.net. Um, you can follow Steve on social media. It's at Steve underscore Gordon. You can find him on Facebook at The Unstoppable CEO. And definitely do check out his podcast. Subscribe to it. He's got some great guests and he's just a great host. Like he does a... It's not just about having a good guest. The host has to be good too. And the host has to pull out what the guest has to say. And Steve does that and does it really well. Um, obviously, I'm slightly biased, but I've been on a lot of shows and I can tell the difference. Steve's one of the good ones. So check him out. Subscribe to his podcast. And while you're in there subscribing to Unstoppable CEO, subscribe to Do A Day if you haven't already. You know, it, it means the world to me to know that people are getting this content on a regular basis. And if you really love it, please do give us a review and let us know. And, you know, I'd love to get the feedback. So that means a lot, helps us grow and helps me do a better job. So um, take the moment, subscribe, leave feedback. And um, I can't wait to see what you guys think of what we're doing here. So with that, I will wish you a good day, a day that you can go out and do. It's all about doing a day, finding that inspiration to overcome what you face and achieve what you really seek in life. Take care, everyone.